I got a new suit too. Yeah. Where'd you get your suit? J. Crew. That's where he got Dude. his suit. Did, did, we, right. did we get the same suit? What kind of suit did you get? I got a blue linen one. Mine's like just a solid kind of light heather blue. It's like desaturated a little bit, medium blue. Uh, maybe it's the same one. On Watch and Talk. Get some normal bears and paint them as mm-hmm. if a panda bear is not a normal bear. <laughs> yeah. Totally yeah. is. I think maybe the thing is that everyone is drunk and we're just not drunk enough. I was drunk when it. I watched this. <laughs> Can we talk about what school vouchers are? Please. I don't know. A briefing's like a super meeting. It's like trying to eat your own chin, but with only your top teeth. Hell yeah. What's up, baby? All right. Uh, hi, and welcome to season one, episode 19 of Watch and Talk. Uh, this week is an episode called Let Bartlett Be Bartlett. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> hi, Brayden. Oh, hi. So hi. The, the previous Leon was a Sam, and everybody's got the grumps in the previous Leon. Right? It's like... Here's all the things that we've been doing wrong or could do better. We've been doing this for a year, and all we've gotten is a year older. I, I wanted a Democrat, and instead I got you. Leo, there are times when we are absolutely nowhere. Yeah, every time somebody was upset the entire show, basically, they strung it together. It starts off with Toby and Sam, and it's a pretty cool shot. It's like from the like bullpen outside of their offices, and each of their offices takes up like half of the screen. Is it going to rain? No. It looks like it's gonna rain. It's not gonna rain till later today. If it rains, please remember to change the opening line. It's not gonna rain till one, maybe two o'clock. Yeah, but if you're wrong, you gotta change the opening line. And he's quite confident it's not gonna rain. I'm not getting this from morning drive time radio, Toby. I'm getting this from First Lieutenant Emily Lowenbrow, the US Coast Guard, who would not let me down because she has a very, really a very comforting voice. And Toby's like, well, just be sure. And, of course, eventually it starts raining in that scene, even even though Sam didn't think it was going to. Yeah, this is some kind of a metaphor. Yep. President's, president's grumpy later. Yeah. It's going to start raining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really on the nose. There was also a um, little thing about Toby's office that he has a microwave in his office. Good little tidbit there. <laughs> uh, Sam trusts the forecast too much. They use science. Forecasts and, are bad. And satellites. People don't, don't, uh, forecasts are bad. Are they right? How are, are they, they ever wrong? right? They're never right. Well, that, that Dark Sky app's pretty good. They're a, sci- they're a scientific model, and models are never perfect, but it's the best we've got. Yes, it is. It's the best we've got, but they project this aura of fact. Yeah. It's like, this is what it is, it's a, and it's often not. Well, they it's always not give that. it to you in a, as a percentage. Yeah, but we don't, people don't know what that means. Sam takes this bit of information that he has and is 100% confident about it. And so this is, must be what it's like to be in an argument with Sam because he's got a little bit of information. And he actually, this episode is kind of like that too, is that he's got his set of facts and he's very righteous about it. And so in this case, it's just about the weather. So that's kind of silly. And the other one, it's more serious. But it's kind of a, shows a little bit about how Sam operates. Like he gets something stuck into his head and then he just runs with it. Well, I think it's it's Sam is an optimist. <laughs> yeah, and what's what's her face in... at the National Weather Service said it's not going to rain. It's not going to rain. Yeah, she and seems that, like a that nice comes person. into play later. Oh, I'll bring it up later. What I'm saying is, if you need to form a some sort of a life philosophy about weather forecasts, it should be don't don't trust them because they're they're wrong often. Sure. Okay. 
So CJ comes up after that uh, as they're walking to go to the president's speech to the National Trout Fisher Association or something to that effect. And she has got a bee in her bonnet about a piece of paper Boy, that is going around. She? The and bonnet she, was a weird wardrobe choice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a piece of paper going around and she has no idea what it is. She got asked at the press briefing earlier in the day about this piece of paper. Where does the bee get in the bonnet? Where? Yeah, where does the bee? It gets in. It the, gets like stuck in it. Maybe it was sleeping in How it does when it you get put it on. There? It was already in the bonnet. That's a complicated time. maneuver maybe, for such a small little insect. Maybe it flies in and then it can't get out. Is this like old timey ants in the pants? Yeah. Yeah. Ants in the pants is real. That happened to me when I was a kid. I've had ants in the pants. I was out of out of class for two days. I did my not legs miss swole, school. got swole, so swole. Are you allergic to ants? When they a thousand bite me on the leg. I stepped in a red ant pile while wearing pants, and then I had ants in the pants, and it was very traumatic. How's your bonnet status though? Um, negative. No okay, good. Bonnet. That's that's a proper status. For no bees either. <laughs> you don't keep bees? Bees no. are cool. I mean, that's like very in right now. I'm pro bee. Yeah, very bees. Brooklyn. Yeah. Maybe we should collectively. Bee she, more like it. <laughs> wow, um... you're the reason the bees are dying. That joke, that's the colony collapse disorder. <laughs> I liked it. So they have uh, Miss Landingham and the president after that. They're walking through some big building. It's kind of cool looking. The president is in a really bad mood. Let me get this godforsaken event over with so I can get back to presiding over a civilization gone to hell in a handcart. Nice talk for a president. Leave me alone. You know what this is, don't you, sir? What, what is? Your mood, sir. Nothing wrong with my mood. It's your diet. Will you get off me with that? You don't get enough ropage in your diet. You know I'm right about that. And Miss Landingham says it's because of his diet and that he doesn't get enough roughage. Does that mean the president needs to poop? He definitely Sounds needs like to it. poop. And he threatens poor little Miss Landingham with cabbage violence. I'd like to beat you senseless with a head of cabbage. I know that for damn sure. <laughs> and it's yeah. not okay. Well, she's kind of the salad Nazi this episode. Yes, she says that his, um, his attitude towards vegetables is unpresidential. And I agree. Very unpresidential. He should like more vegetables. There's some uh, famous president vegetable beef yeah. in history. There's George W. H. W. Bush famously not liking broccoli. So what's so dumb about that is like, as an adult, I love broccoli. Everybody does. You're a dumbass if you don't like broccoli. I'm sorry, it's but you're a dumbass. One of the more delicious. It's so good. But all kids hate broccoli, but kids can't vote. So I remember being also, a kid. Also, kids are idiots. I remember being a sorry, kid kids. and loving that George H.W. Bush didn't like. I was like, he understands me, but I can't vote. So why, is- you got to pick something that adults don't like. There's an episode of the Surprisingly Awesome podcast uh, with Adam McKay and Adam Davidson about broccoli yeah. and how it's surprisingly awesome. It's so, and cauliflower too, it's, it's uh, same albino plant. brethren. Cabbage is the same plant too. Brussels yeah. sprouts, same plant. So Amazing good. plant. Oh my gosh, you just blew my mind. Yep. It's pretty crazy. Anyways, <laughs> um, so it start, it, the rain's going on. Um, president's like weather wizardry is on full display here. The rest of the staff comes in. They're soaking wet from the rain. And Josh has a couple things that he needs uh, some guidance on. The main one is that there are two FEC spots open because two of the commissioners resigned at the same time. 
This is interesting. Sir, this is not the world's best time to go off on the flight of idealistic. Leo, two seats just opened up on the Federal Election Commission. And the Senate leadership will fill them. I'm saying, what if this time we say we want our guys? Do you know how these nominations usually go? Is that well, pretty accurate? Okay. I'm, I'm just going to set up my take on, on this whole thing, which is, on the one hand, I love, like, it gives me chills when the president says, aggressive campaign finance reform as like the criteria for people he's interested in but on the other hand the counter argument throughout the episode is it would change the nature of democracy they say that so often right but here's the thing the constitution says advice and consent of the senate but appointed by the president for all of this stuff right and i guess the only twist there is there are certain administrative agencies that are so clearly under the executive branch's purview that the president is like their boss. And then there are some executive branch agencies that just as a form of kind of tradition or ethics or, or kind of unwritten code are supposed to be independent. But they're still under the executive branch. So they're still technically under the control of the president, he controls the staffing. He nominates all of the heads of those agencies. But for example, like the Department of Justice, the FEC, various other agencies that are kind of in charge of regulating things that would create a conflict of interest for the president or any other branch of the government, they are given like an autonomy where it's inappropriate for the president to intervene. And FEC is one of those. But that doesn't mean he still doesn't have the right under the Constitution to appoint whoever he wants. So it's weird that they're hearkening back to this, the idea that the default position of Congress being in charge of picking the person is like the, the way democracy was intended. Yeah, at up. most it's just the recent tradition. It's a product of the very corruption that the FEC is supposed to be regulating. Right, they're confusing, you know, recent partisan norms with democratic intention. With the, princ the principles of the founders. Right. And I want to lay down a, a small marker here that Leo is extremely against the president's suggestion that they put their own guys in. We won't win. Yeah, but we can dangle our feet in the water. It's not a good idea, sir. Even though later it comes up in the opposite way. But Leo, this entire scene is like, this is a bad idea. You can't do this. It's not going to happen, et cetera. He's, he's extremely against it. Yeah. Um, and then the president goes in to give a speech. They did forget to change the wording about being outside at the beginning of the speech. So the president says the word vista when he might have said room otherwise. But I doubt anybody really noticed that. So I don't think it really mattered in the end. But well, Sam the, is mad at himself. The funny payoff there is he's like, listen, even if I forget and leave this thing in, president's not an idiot. He's going to read this thing and change it on the fly because he's a smart guy. Right, but they keep setting up that the president's distracted and he's going to be thinking about changing the nature of democracy during his speech instead yeah. and he's not focused on the trout fishermen. So that's the credits. Um, not a ton going on in this episode. Mostly just uh, a couple little plot lines they set up. Uh, they come out of the credits and it's Josh and Donna. Donna basically says, can you explain this episode to me? How does the FEC work? So the president has the opportunity to stack the FEC with our people and make a measurable impact on campaign finance reform? Yes. And that was helpful because I didn't really understand <laughs> before then. Yeah, but the blatantness of it, Josh's explanation is that the Senate always picks the nominees, the president never does, but they're going to try to change it this time. There's a CJ press conference after that. It seems to be mostly about Easter eggs. The Easter egg hunt and the Easter egg roll are two different things. The collection, which is going to be on display in the East Colonnade of the White House, 
features real chicken eggs decorated by artists from each of the 50 states and the district. And the activities are coordinated by the American Egg Board. And the difference between the Easter egg hunt and the Easter egg roll, they... Do they, do, do they get to that? Ever show in this episode? Are we clear on what the difference between the Easter egg hunt and oh. the Easter egg roll is? I don't is. know what an Easter egg roll is, well, to be honest. Isn't they do it every year. Them? Where? Wow, uh, Mrs. Know-It-All over here. <laughs> And the in the hunt, they're hidden. Okay. And you find them. Yeah, that does make sense. I'm pretty right. sure it's that you you put the eggs on like a smooth surface, and then you have a straw, and you have to blow on the egg and get it to roll, and the first person across the finish line wins. Are there, is there anyone uh, not a Jew that could explain no. this to us? No. Okay. Never well, mind. Eric. Um. <laughs> only I can only answer yes to part of that question. <laughs> you could I, be a Jew. I cannot explain it to you. Okay. Um. It is a game. It's oh, a race. Way. Children push an egg through the grass with a long-handled spoon. Okay, that's the worst game ever. I knew it was that in is the, grass, the worst though. game. Are you trying to it. not break the egg? Maybe. Yes. Well, okay. Where does the straw come in? Straw? I mean, never mind. What was it? You know, blowing with the straw. He thought it. That's was. That's some other no, stupid thing game. that you made up. Oh, there's even a there's a worse version of the Easter egg roll what? in Denmark. Decorated eggs are rolled down slopes in a grassland or forest. The contestant whose egg rolls the furthest is the winner. Why is that less fun? Because you don't even get to push it with a spoon. You just set it free and it just rolls. Do you get to roll after it? Oh, sure. Crack all the eggs on the way down. Yeah. But that's why their culture is very keen on topography. Because of the Easter egg roll? You got to study up. Yeah. So after... (laughs) After the press conference, uh, CJ pulls uh, that, like the second reporter, Steve, the gray-haired guy that is in a lot of the sh- episodes. We call him Not Danny. Yeah, the Not Danny guy. What have you heard about a uh, piece of paper that's out there? Same thing you heard. What's that? There's a piece of paper out there. He doesn't really have any information other than that there is a piece of paper. Did we talk about the piece of paper? There's a piece of paper. They Here's keep on the saying that there's a piece of paper. I think that's weird. Is why would I get CJ is like asking everyone just to find out who has it. But in the meantime, she's also like tipping people off that this piece of paper. Well, she got asked about it in the press conference, not the, this one, the one before. Oh. Which doesn't, I can't imagine what that question would be like. Hey, CJ, is there a piece of paper? Yeah. But uh, you yeah? think that she's like, you know, making it seem like this piece of paper is a bigger deal. Sure. Because I mean, the way, the way to do You know do all this, this mysterious thing with all this intrigue around it? Do you right? know anything about that? The way to do it is to wink and then be like, do you know why I'm winking? And if they're like, <laughs> yeah, then you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Very effective. Yes. So she sends Steve away. Mandy comes up and she's like, I wrote the piece of paper. It was me. I know everything about it. What do you mean? I wrote it. I did the paper. And it's a memo that she wrote while she was working on that other guy's like potential primary challenge to Bartlett in the first episode about how to run against Bartlett in the primary. It's like all of his weaknesses and like a camp a general campaign strategy and uh his flaws in general. So it's it's bad for Bartlett. Um, CJ gets very upset at that, slams the door in Mandy's face, says, get me a copy, and storms out. It, like, eventually, Mandy says that they got it off her hard drive or hard disk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's not an actual piece of paper. How did they Maybe they printed it, it out. Oh, they printed it. That's how that turned into a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. But do you, how did they get it off her Hacking. personal hard? Probably a hacker. But 
we it was find, probably 4chan we find out who took it it's like i don't probably the no- notorious hacker known as 4chan did I mean, it she probably was dumb enough to throw her old laptop out she's an idiot that's correct <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> is this why you guys don't like mandy because no. she did the paper yeah Maybe. poor poor information security no. architecture okay. It's just one of the many things. No, see, I actually think the paper makes her more likable. Well, in an interesting twist, everyone's mad about the paper, but in the end, we find out the paper is good. Yeah, but this also kind of marks Paper's right. the, the paper. beginning of the end of Mandy, the character. Th- that has already been established. Yeah, <laughs> Even though real... she did the paper? The end of the end. The end. <laughs> she wasn't allowed to go to LA. The finally, finally the end. Because <laughs> it seemed like the paper let Bartlett be Bartlett. Well, right, we'll we'll get there. Guys. Okay, yeah. sorry guys, we're gonna we'll spoil everything about the okay, paper. Okay, we're gonna we talk about the paper more. First, we gotta talk about Leo and Margaret, and how Leo can't work his email because Margaret's friend something about muffins. Okay, for... I have a, I have a lot of questions about this. So Margaret has a friend that works in the President's Council on Personal Fitness, and she gave her some information about the true calorie count of the muffins she's a muffin of truther the, of the raisin muffin the raisin muffin specifically implying that there was a false calorie count more calories or less calories i'm gonna guess that it was it was less calories and it turns out it's more calories that's fa- that's fascinating that to imagine her tone would be totally different if it was like guess what everyone the raisin muffins have less calories than <laughs> yeah, it no, says she's Eat like, these things this is fantastic she- she forwards this email to everyone, all the secretaries and the OBOBD, and then what was that? <laughs> you know the other building, the OBDOBD. Mm-hmm. You got it. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and then she fucks up all the emails. I could see how it'd be confusing because you hear raisin and you think, oh, this is healthy, right? So, that's but it's a muffin. Muffins thing. have many calories also, in them. Also, raisins are not healthy. No, but you think. But there's this, there's an association. Yes, we remember muffins... the California raisins. No, not it was that. a band <laughs> made up entirely yeah. of raisins. No, and they and they uh, and they did scary. a song uh, that surprisingly was not raisin related. They gave me nightmares. Okay. I don't want to talk about them. Okay. Um Do you feel this way about all stop motion animation? No, just about raisins with legs and eyes and that play instruments. <laughs> That's did it. they write that song? Because that's a great song I that they did. I heard of the Grapevine. I don't think that's that a classic. I don't think those cartoon you characters wrote the that song. Okay. Grapevine was that an intentional pun? That's the song they. That's sing. their song. Oh. That's the Raisin I song. I assume it's intentional. You dummy! I you, were you saying, did have a five-year disadvantage. I thought you were on saying. Understanding that. I heard through the Grapevine that this thing, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's so clever." <laughs> but. Do you remember in the like nineties when everyone thought like bran muffins were healthy? Like that it's is, it's good roughage. Yeah. It makes your poops good. <laughs> but they're not I think that's never... probably true about the poops. The president should yeah, eat one. But they're <laughs> Yeah, he could forego all the vegetables and just have bran muffins. That's not healthful. Why not? When he reads that email, he's gonna freak out. About the muffins. Because listen, people, muffins are like they're cake. It's dessert. We yeah. understand this. It's a cake. Eat a scone. Yeah, they're like sweet bagels. Mm-hmm. It's not like no. that. It's like a cake. Bagels are very bad for you as well. Don't say that. A bagel is, a, is like a, a small bread. Yeah. It's like a savory muffin. Anyway, Margaret's <laughs> concerned about the muffins. Yeah, Margaret's concerned about the muffins. Leo does not want to hear anything about the email service. He, Leo he cares loses... very little about muffins. Yeah, he loses interest pretty quickly. Um, Josh is in the room for this whole conversation, and eventually leo kicks margaret out and josh says he has his names for the fec it's two people 
John Bacon and Patricia Calhoun, who both, it's a Democrat and a Republican. Both of them are for aggressive finance reform. Leo says... Oh, hold on. That's the other thing I forgot to mention. For these independent agencies, sometimes when they're created, Congress requires that they be bipartisan. Sure. So the way that it works is there's a, a bunch of people on the board, and they all vote, but there's always an odd number, and there has to be a matching amount of Republicans and Democrats, and then the odd-numbered like head of the agency can be from the party of the majority. The president or the Congress? The president. Sure, that makes sense. I I also think it would smooth over any potential issues with being like being perceived as being unfair or political and be like, hey, we picked a Republican, well, we picked a Democrat. The way that gets screwed up, though, is when you have a, a discrepancy between the Senate, the party that's a majority in the Senate, and the president, they will refuse to appoint anyone, and they'll leave it as an even number, and then it's a stalemate, and they can't get anything done. So that's where the FEC has been for a really long time and a lot of other agencies that and have that Supreme kind of Court. autonomy. And now the Supreme Court has suffered the same fate where you just can't do anything. But at least the Supreme Court has a chance of getting a majority because there's sort of like strange allegiances there. Whereas the FEC is so straight political and a lot of these agencies are, they will always vote in accordance with the party. And they don't really issue like opinions to try to justify why they're doing what they're doing. So it's just totally brazenly political. Yeah, it's just a black box. Yeah. Yeah. Leo gives Josh some direction here. He says, float these names with like the staff of the congressmen who are going to vote on this, but don't, you know, meet about it, but don't officially meet about it. Just see, see what the response is. And Josh sets up a, a meeting and that's the end of that scene. After that, there's um, Sam and Toby. They have a, a policy argument in the Roosevelt room. One of these scenes that everybody's, that we've had many times before. They are meeting with the military brass some people it's the guy from hey dude and it's the boss from the first few seasons of the office <laughs> wait which guy is from hey dude yes, he's the please he's explain the, like, the, which guy is he's from the guy, hey dude. he's the guy who the main the old the guy main dude the the hey dude. the number one dude the guy who runs the <laughs> ranch i do not remember anybody from hey dude well he, except for the chick mr ernst I don't remember him. Literally the moment Hey Dude came on, I turned the, the channel. Hey, hey dude. dude. Yeah, like as soon as I heard yeah. that, I'd be like, nope. Oh, Guys, so I just good. did a really good Hey Dude. He's and Mr. I'd like some acknowledgement. He's, he's is... Mr. Ernst from Hey Dude. I Can you show a picture? You're totally right. David Brisbane. David Brisbane. Wow. Excuse me, please call him Hey Dude. Uh, what's her from name? From now on. I, did, I liked Hey Dude, but I lady, didn't like Salute Your Shorts. I love Salute Your Shorts. <laughs> I saluted the heck out of those shorts. I like, wanted to be ZZ. <laughs> Um, that show is so good. I still could sing the whole entire song. I like both of them. <laughs> Camp. Oh, no, I get it. I remember. <laughs> and he does a so weird good. thing when Sam comes in the room. He takes his watch off. It is weird to wear a watch. Stop that. It's weird. Is that some kind of a psychological thing? Like, I got all day, buddy. Let's, let's hash it out. I'm not even, I'm taking my time measuring device off. That's interesting. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I don't yeah know it's what, weird, right? What kind of power move that is. I think you're right. That's maybe the best way to interpret that. Or <laughs> is it so you can be like looking at your watch easily without having to look at your wrist? Just stop wearing a watch. What about smart watches? It's weird. Don't do it. It's a, just <laughs> have your phone. I like watches. No, you're wrong. 
Because sometimes but you're I wrong don't have my phone that. with me. You do. You always do. No, sometimes. Why? How do you catch a Pokemon if you don't have your phone? <laughs> How do you catch a Pokemon? Tell me. I just you don't. don't. I don't. Wow. Sometimes okay. I don't wear pocket things with pockets, and then I have to leave my phone at my desk because I have to carry like my notebook or something else. How do you catch a Pokemon? My Game Boy. Trust me, every step I take where I don't have my phone, I'm like, I'm not earning the kilometers for this, and the egg is never going to hatch. And it kills me inside, and I cry a little, but then I suck it up, and I'm like, do your job. <laughs> I don't even understand you, Elise. <laughs> so their meeting is life. about gays in the military, which they've discussed a little bit on the show before. The military guys are against it. Uh, Sam and Toby are for it. it is this a um, a political favor for Ted Marcus, do you guys think? Because that was his big thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're not well, doing anything on gates in the military. Now, all of a sudden, they're but having this big meeting. But this is a meeting. fake meeting. Right. They but eventually conclude. But it, that's what I'm saying. Is it, is it a thing for show and say, we met with the people in the, the Pentagon and told them we want this to happen, and I mean, they, they fought against it. So they we already tried. got Ted Marcus's money. Yeah, but they want to get the, his money again later. True. Keep He's got happy. a lot of money. But I feel like that's maybe the reason they're having this meeting at all is because of that previous meeting where Ted Marcus got mad at them. So, yeah, they just kind of set up the stakes of the meeting and then cut away. After that is CJ and Mandy, and Mandy has the memo. She gives it to CJ. It's a one-page memo, but Mandy has to, like, go to her office while CJ reads it um, for some reason. Maybe it's very small print. Maybe. So CJ starts reading it, and they cut. Uh, And then there's Josh and the staff members that work. So this is like the staffers that work for the congressman on the FEC approval committee or whatever. No, no, it's the majority leader. Oh, these were the actual congressmen. I thought Leo told them not to meet with the congressmen themselves. No, it's it's their staff. Their heads of staff. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's the leadership. It's the party leadership staff. It's like the people who actually do all the work for the politicians that are in the, the leadership positions in the Senate. Sure. Josh is trying to sell the nominees to these guys. He's like... We are, by definition, corrupt. This money isn't coming in in fives and tens and twenties. It's coming in in denominations of $100,000, dollars $500,000. It's coming from special interests. If Big Tobacco wants to wave a sign or put a bumper sticker on their card, they are free to do so. That's free speech. Money isn't speech. You know, money isn't speech is his takeaway, his main argument there. At this point, this is pre-Citizens United, so they talk about this is going to issues ads. Yeah, issue ads and... Uh, yeah, they can make their case, but they can't give money directly to the people making the decisions. Um, but that's out the window now, right? You can yes. just do whatever well, you want? No, it's there are still limits on what an individual can contribute to a campaign directly. But there are no limits on what an entity or person can contribute to a 501c3, which is a nonprofit. And then there's a 501c4, which is a variation on a nonprofit, but that's for like political activity. Right, so that's and, super PACs. But you can do both, right? But Get you a pack that can do both. Right, and so what, what you end up doing, and the reason why in a lot of ways the parties don't like the outcome of Citizens United is it's easier to bribe indirectly through a, a, an, a, an independent agency that is a nonprofit and uses all this money for ads or for indirect support instead of just giving it to the campaign itself. And the campaign would just rather have the money to do with as it pleases. Because now you have to play this game where you're not coordinating, but you're coordinating, and it's stupid. Right. Which is, like, impossible to enforce, essentially, right? Yeah. It just, cre- it just creates a silly, disingenuous Seems like game there's a lot of play. coordinating sure. going on. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it has to be so explicit in the it basically there has to be like a phone call recorded saying we're going to run an ad that does this and you guys are going to run an ad that does this and then on this day it's like you you have to be incredibly uh careless in how you present yourselves with that stuff but if you like the same people can even work on both i think and maybe it's not that explicit but like you can like send staffers between they can have meetings together this is a new concept so there just isn't a lot of case law on what coordinating means in this context and because the fec is so feckless they don't do anything to try to enforce it at all so so far i don't really think there've been any attempts to prosecute people for coordinating with their super PAC. so the congress uh, staffers have their own nominees there are two people that do not want finance reform josh argues with them about it he says they're going to nominate their people anyways and then this guy kind of threatens josh with some legislative retaliation embarrass us like this and we will give the same back to you tenfold Every piece of legislation the White House wants off the table will make a sudden appearance. English as the national language will be first up. That's going to be our leadoff hitter. Can someone explain this? What do you mean? Why is that a threat? English is English as a f- second language or first language? Okay, there is the, no the official, national language. There's no official language in the United States. Yeah. And there never has been. Oh. And some people who are concerned that Spanish is going to overtake English as the most dominant first language of U.S. citizens have been pushing to make English the primary national language and then kind of like reinforce that in in ways that prevent that from happening from Spanish. It's kind of like a legal version of the speak American thing. But don't other countries have a national language? They do. They're not the melting pot of cultures and They're not these great United States of America. Got it. So one, so thing, this it would force the president to argue against this. But I mean, a nas- English is national language, and most people are like, hey, English is that's my language. That's like I don't I speak any other language. I don't want the government. That's I don't. Want, I don't want to go to the DMV and have somebody that only speaks Dutch to me. Right. So is isn't like in Canada, it's French and English. Sure. Right. So they everything has to be in French and in English there, like it's the law. Right. So could wouldn't we have something like that no so what right now our laws tend to require you to put things in the most popular languages so you have to have governments have to have forms in chinese in um, spanish in portuguese maybe variety of other languages depending on the demographics of whoever they're dealing with right and they're not allowed to preference english they just have to be pragmatic about the realities of the languages people speak but if you make english the national language part of that is now you we're just going to offer everything in English, and too bad for you if you don't speak English. Someone's read their James Madison. <laughs> I tried to figure out what the James Madison thing was. Um, we'll get to it when yeah. we talk about that. But, but there's one other thing this guy says. Um, I guess he's the Democratic staffer. Um, he's like, Josh, they're going to put all these bills up. We're talking about 541. Does anybody have any idea what 541 could be referencing to? no idea. Is that a bill name? It must be a bill number, right? Like, Didn't that- they? They like threw out. They were like throwing out bill numbers that they would bring up. I guess that must be what it was. I was trying to yeah. figure out if that was like code for some weird policy that they would be against, but I guess not. Uh, anyways, so Josh uh, does not respond well to threats as a character trait, and he does not respond well to this one. And he makes it clear to this guy. 
Four hours ago, this was a fool's errand for me, and the president knew it. This was a test balloon. This was a just out of curiosity, let's see what would happen if meeting. But you've managed to get me on board. That's the end of that scene. Um, the next one is Charlie and Miss Landingham. They have a really short but funny scene where Charlie says the president is mad about his lunch order and he doesn't want to eat his salad. He would prefer a sandwich. And Miss Landingham tells him to go back and tell the president to shove his salad up his ass, essentially. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And that's the whole meeting. Then they, they like pan. They do this kind of cool transition there where they walk by and the camera just kind of stays on the doorway and goes back into the um, Roosevelt room for the Sam and Toby meeting. If I were the president, I would eat exclusively sandwiches. Really? Yeah, really. Because sandwiches are awesome. It's Every like meal? food on bread. Oh, eat a meal and then put it on a bread. Yeah. <laughs> Every meal. What do you like? Put it on bread. It's better. What about pasta? Put it on bread. Mm, pasta. But Put that like, shit on some bread. I would have pasta for dinner because otherwise I'd be food coma for that second half of the day. Yeah. And if anything goes wrong, I'm not going <laughs> to be able to solve it. What is your favorite sandwich, Brayden? I like them all. I don't have a favorite. Oh, come on. You been, have to have I've been going to that Cambodian place lately. Uh-huh. Hmm. And? What kind of a sandwich is a Cambodian sandwich? It's got cilantro. <laughs> All right. Okay. Like a yeah. banh mi? Like that, but different, because this is another Asian country. What's the main protein? The one I get is a tofu. They give me two tofus on there with a sauce, some kind <laughs> okay. of cilantro. So we got a tofu, a sauce, a cilantro. And I do, and I do sriracha. Um, so yeah, so they're in this case of the military meeting. They lay out all their arguments. Um, so don't ask, don't tell is a law in this thing it's actually don't ask don't tell don't pursue the guy says and they're which totally I've never heard pursuing 1145 people were discharged for being gay in 1998 that's a record it's a 92 percent increase since don't ask don't tell was implemented sam and toby throw a little shade at them the guy pulls the i don't like your sense of humor thing with toby last time somebody told toby that no one likes his sense of humor last time somebody said that to toby though he called him anti-semitic <laughs> your jewish humor oh yeah i guess the guy didn't say it like that but <laughs> your new york sense of humor right yeah that's kind of basically what he said to him though right yeah um so well, yeah they... like seinfeld wow yeah i think this is more of a toby issue than a jewish thing <laughs> when it comes to... i mean i love his sense of humor don't get me wrong um cj pulls toby out of the meeting um to talk about the mandy thing says mandy did the thing <laughs> and they go off to cj's office to to hash out the response to that after that is josh and donna uh, we learn they're eight. great in this episode they're yep. just they need to do sex things together <laughs> they're just so good we learn a little uh thing about donna that while josh is gone she just stares out the window for him how do you know to be standing here i see you out the window you don't have a window. You have a window. What are you doing in my office when I'm not there? Looking for you out the window. Like a dog That's waiting weird. for its owner. I don't like that character trait. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. Um, <laughs> he tells her that the meeting went bad, um, tells her to prep him on English as the national language because it's uh, going to be a debate coming up soon. After that is uh, Toby, CJ, and Josh uh, reading Mandy's letter. They say a bunch of things in this scene, but my mind was way too focused on Toby's wall, which has a framed copy of the Hartford Chronicle <gasps> on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right behind his head. He got a copy of this newspaper. Is it the it. Mendoza issue? Yes, it is. 
Seriously? Yeah, the, the president drafts letter to Senate leaders. <laughs> he has often. a framed copy of it on his wall. <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess um, that they had spent the money on the prop. They're just trying to get the most out of it, maybe. That is too funny. I wonder if that's sort of like an Easter egg sort of thing. I never noticed it before. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really prominent in the scene. It's like basically like half the frame and it's a close up of Toby. That's amazing. <laughs> Does that mean Toby's kind of a loser? For framing. <laughs> framing his probably like a gift. own. I mean, he is a loser. Yeah, like it's established one, later one in the vic- show. One victory in a yeah. year. Well, what I think is well, sort like, of weird is that. Well, oh, go ahead. Just that we we find out later more about Toby's backstory, and it is established pretty definitively that he's a self admitted loser. I don't know what you're talking. No spoilers. We'll find out. We'll find no spoilers. Out. Yeah. But I think what's funny is that that sort of implies that this was a special circumstance that where Toby was in a newspaper. And that doesn't happen frequently. Yeah. On the front page. And then it makes that episode where that did happen even more really uncanny <laughs> that happened. So they're going over Mandy's letter. Um, basically, the gist of it is that it makes everybody look bad. Mostly for Leo and the president, but also for basically every character that we know has something bad about them in it. Um, the next scene is Toby and Margaret. They pair them up again, at, just like last week. They're talking the email thing again. Margaret finally explains what is going on with the email server, and it makes zero sense whatsoever. The story is that she she says she forwarded an email to somebody who then replied to it, which caused everybody's email accounts to start replying to each other. Automatically and constantly bouncing back and forth at subatomic speed. And it flooded the entire server and brought it down. And I don't think that doesn't happen. That doesn't check out the story because you can reply to emails. But what happened with the muffins? It's just a series of tubes, though, and they can get really congested on the internet. The the White House tubes are clogged. I think it's pretty clear what happened, and that is that Margaret invented quantum computing. (laughs) (laughs) Inadvertently? Yes, she described the theory of quantum computing, which then led to its actual real-world invention. So Aaron Sorkin invented quantum computing. So this is similar to a... It's not quite the same thing, but it shows how little Aaron Sorkin understands technology. And there was a, a thing in the newsroom where somebody... An entire episode was hinged on somebody sending an email to, like, M star, and that sent an e- M star at acn.news or whatever their email address was and that sent an email to everybody who had an m at the beginning of their email address and is that how email works no it's okay but this like this an entire like season's worth of plot lines basically hinges on this fact that she does this like four times in one episode inadvertently and it's like the cheesiest plot device i mean (laughs) he is correct that that is a wild card a star an asterisk not an email though right yeah that would never happen google yeah. Uh, anyway, so I mean, Aaron Sorkin doesn't know how email works. I think it's the takeaway from both well, of these situations. What is it that Hoyne said? The the internet is not a fad. Nope. Here to stay. <laughs> Fitz pops out, and it's the first time we've seen him in quite a while. He's always good to see him. He's, he's also in other things too. He was in Coming to America. He's yes, the dad. He's the. Wait, no. He no. He's the girl's dad. See, they're McDonald's. I'm McDonald's. I see they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. Yes. Which Not character do you play in James Hey Dude? Jones. 
Which character did he play in what? In Hey Dude. I think he was the like Indian mystic guy. Oh, I remember. Fits. <laughs> Toby goes into Leo's office. They talk about Mandy's letter. The main thing that it looks bad for Leo because the letter says that Leo drags the president to the center. And he's he would be this awesome, great liberal president if it wasn't for Leo moderating him constantly. Leo does not want to see the letter. I don't really understand why. Is it plausible deniability thing, maybe? You find out later that he has read it. So I took from that that he just didn't want like to be in the room with Toby when he's... It just was kind of an awkward scenario. I feel mm-hmm. like he maybe is trying to save face like in front of the staff. And he's sort of like... I don't well, care about I don't the even content. care, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you shouldn't take it to heart, you know, yeah. even though they have to read it. Sure. But you I mean, might be right that it's like if he doesn't read it, he doesn't have to tell the president what's in it. Yeah, and later we find out that he's trying to keep it from the president because CJ yeah. gives it to him and he kind of blows up at her. Um, after that is Jonna. John. Uh, after that is Josh and Donna. This is where she Jonna. gives... <laughs> I always say that. That's their couple name. Um, then uh, Donna gives Dosh. Josh some dosh 2.0 <laughs> some james madison quotes um i looked up a little bit about this the the contra i think actually james madison he was arguing for a national language in a way um there was it's when louisiana was become gonna become a state they wanted to add some restrictions that all of their official paperwork be done in english because yeah. the government was that they're attempting to join worked in English, so they would have to as well. Yeah. I believe from my from my reading of this that Madison was pro English as a national language. Well and the way that Donna presents it was like, use the Madison, it'll help you. I think what Donna is implying, and I understand why the writers didn't want to spell this out, is that you don't have to take a position against English as a national language because there's precedent for a well-respected founding father to support English as a national language. So you can use the Madison precedent to say, look, it's, it's, it's the history of our country to preference English, and there's nothing wrong with that. We just don't have to codify it. What I mean is if she, the president can take that a position in favor of the bill. Oh, you think John is arguing? And, he, and soften the... the the consequences of alienating minorities by saying, like, listen, we're not disrespecting other languages in the same way that Madison wasn't disrespecting French. He was just saying as a practical matter, it makes it easier when we're annexing a French-controlled territory into an English-speaking country that the government conduct its business in English. Right. Josh gets pretty short with her in this scene. Donna calls him out on it, says, don't get mad at me, bro. And that... Madison, bro? What's wrong with everyone today? Why is everyone walking around like they know they've already lost? We've seen that so far. So uh, Sam is in a meeting that he can't really do anything about. Josh is in a meeting that he can't really do anything about. There's this Mandy thing floating around. So everybody's just kind of in a bad mood. And it's raining too. So and no- nothing's going right today for anybody. President didn't get his sandwich. Oh yeah. President can't poop. Nothing's going right. Mm-hmm. Should eat a muffin. Um, Josh goes into his office. Uh, Mandy's in there. Josh says, I don't want to listen to you today of all days. He's mad about the memo for obvious reasons. He asks something. Like He says, I wrote an op memo, Josh. You and I have written 20 of them. You never heard of a burn bag? I haven't. Oh, you don't know about the burn bag? What's a burn bag? Is that like a burn book in Mean Girls where you write mean things about people? <laughs> no, I think he's trying... 
No. Is, is it a fireproof bag? Yes, this actually just recently came up in the news because of Hillary Clinton's emails. Did she burn bag them? She should have burn bagged them. No, I mean, they did burn bag them. What does that mean? I don't know. I oh, think oh, I think you're oh, right. Yes. When you're dealing with, when you want to get rid of sensitive information, there's a particular method that you go through. You put it in a bag and you burn the shit out of it. And it's safe to burn it inside because it's contained in a fireproof Wait, bag. Wait, is this physically burning or a metaphor? Because Actually, burning the paper, getting rid of the evidence in a special bag. But they were, like, this is... Special bag. But what about a put your computer in the computer? bag? Put it in the bag. Burn it. That's what she says. She's like, you can't burn a computer. Yeah. They got it off my hard disk. Right. The hard disk. You could yeah. burn anything. Damn hard disk. She burned it all, but she There's nothing you can't burn. burn. The computer. How do you burn Same with emails? blending. Print you them. Delete them. Put the cloud. And then you rub a magnet on the hard drive. And then and then you get in trouble for arson and everyone forgets about the emails. That's how that works. <laughs> uh anyways, um so Mandy's not the most popular person in the White House today. They go back to Sam's meeting after that. I really like the framing of this scene because sam's in this meeting alone now because toby got pulled out earlier he is standing up across the table from like 10 people and just yelling at them all. a lot of those cases you're talking about of the gays being discharged came from voluntary statements and a lot of these are not voluntary statements not by any definition given by any civilian court in this country and telling them all how homophobic they are he he's getting uh he's getting righteous is is the word i i used well, here he he's not really calling them homophobic he's saying you're claiming that the status quo is okay because we have this this um, demilitarized zone of don't ask, don't tell, don't pursue, and yet you violated every prong of that in numerous cases. So he's essentially saying you are being disingenuous and acting in bad faith in claiming that this is a solution because you're not abiding by the terms of the truce. Fitz comes in. Uh, I like the reaction from the two DOD staffers. They're like, holy shit, <laughs> it's, it's Fitz. It's the Fitz. He's friends with the Hey Dude guy, and they exchange pleasantries. Um, Fitz starts eating a Danish. That's like the best way to ask if you can have that Danish, you know? Is Danish for anybody? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's also a power move, too, coming to start eating this food on the middle of the table. Well, the real power move is to just grab a Danish that's clearly already someone's Danish and just <laughs> eat the rest of it. Fitz volunteers his opinion, and he kind of gives a um, a little bit of something to both sides here but he eventually comes down on the side of pro gays in the military by saying that the unit has to change like the military has to change over time and it's not a tool for social change but it should reflect social change and so as gays become accepted in culture they should be accepted in the military too and the military will get over it because military can do anything or whatever and as a kicker he says they didn't want me in the military as a black guy 50 years ago and look at me now and then he drops the mic and he I'm no, no he, he drops the danish yeah, totally and it does. clanks really loudly on the table i'm an admiral in the u.s navy and chairman of the joint chiefs of staff beat that with a stick really really stiff danishes in the white house and then he drops like a flame thing and disappears in a cloud of smoke <laughs> i just want to say if i were in that meeting i would definitely eat the rest of fitz's half-eaten danish get some of his powers yeah, yeah. Hey, you can absorb them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the end of that part of that scene, but there's one more little thing later. But I can't I just believe wanna... there's another scene after that. I know, it's I four like... four <laughs> scenes of that one meeting. Yeah, I was so, like... I, I, I just, my take on Fitz was he fully trapped those dudes. 
Like, yeah, because he started off being very like he's like, no, I think it will change the military, and they're did, like, yeah. of course, nobody wants the military he, he, to change. It's perfect. He doesn't give both sides. He straight up is like, here's all the reasons I'm delivering in a straight face for why gays in the military is bad, and they're like, sweet, like. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs totally agrees with us. They're like nodding, like all enthusiastically. And then he's like, but what do you guys think? And they're like, yeah, man. And he's like, you said, nope. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) you dumb as shit. Yeah. (laughs) And I ain't your Danish. And now I'm implying you were racist on top of everything else. Also, one of them starts their sentence with like, I don't have a problem with like gay people or I'm not homophobic. And it's like, well, you have to preface it with that. You definitely are. It's like with all due respect. Um, the next scene is Danny and CJ. CJ wants to ask about the memo, um, but first Danny makes her wait until he finishes typing on his typewriter. Typing very loudly. Yeah. Clack, clack, well, clack. You, can you type quietly on a typewriter? I can type. Yeah. Anonymous. You can Re- really slowly. Okay, yeah. so she's waiting, and she's like, "What are you typing? The Magna Carta? Is that a long document?" No, I don't think so. As far as documents go. Not really, right? I think they yeah. like carved it into a bark. Like you, you usually the idiom is, "Oh wait, what are you writing? War and peace." That's like a known to be a long treatise. That's a doozy. Right, right. infinite jest over there. Right, exactly. <laughs> Please. So she asked about the memo. Danny says that I'm the guy with the memo. I hacked Mandy's computer. Dun dun dun! <laughs> like that's what I can't imagine is him hacking her yeah. computer. The only thing I can think is enemies hacked it. And leaked it to Danny. And he's mm. like, all right, I'll run with this. Which, is that unethical? I mean, that, isn't that what Edward Snowden did? No, this, I mean, this happens all the time. <laughs> but like, like with more important things. Is, is Danny a Julian Assange character? <laughs> if, you, if you are leaked something by a third party and the third party obtained it illegally, none of that illegality transfers to the journalist. Wait, wait, wait. But he said unethical. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. Yes, yeah, but do you think? But Danny, he said do you think, unethical. Do you think unethical things have... happen all the time. That's why it caused pause. It's news. is it legal? Certainly. Is that how journalism functions? Uh, often, is it unethical? I mean, how how much that, of that, that, journalism that, is based off of a source leaking information that they shouldn't be leaking? A lot that they're not authorized to leak by their superiors. But it's usually something that they're privy to, not something that they obtained illegally. Yeah, but I mean, it's probably a breach of various contracts that they have with their employer. It's yeah. not criminal, but it's, yeah. I mean, it's I think illegal. better journalism happens when information is not strategically leaked to you, but that when you find it out in a way you shouldn't. Yeah, it's just interesting. I, I wonder why she didn't argue like they stole it off. Her, somebody stole it off her computer. I, either that or Danny stole it off her computer himself. Yeah, it's I wish possible. they got more into how he got He's always it. hanging around the White House super late at night. Maybe he's just going logging into computers. Mm-hmm. It's possible. So uh, after that, they finally go back to the Sam meeting where they're going to finish it up. The Hey Dude guy says that the president isn't really serious we about this. We just call him Hey Dude from now on. <laughs> the Hey Dude? The Hey Dude. Yeah. Yeah. He says the president's not really serious about this because there's no bill to overturn it which would be required for it to change. You're talking to me of all people and I don't have any power. If the president was really serious about this, I wouldn't be in this meeting because I'm not powerful enough to get this done. Where where is his bill and that this meeting's a waste of time? Sam admits that the meeting's a waste of time and then everybody just gets up and leaves. Yeah, I don't know. Why are they having this meeting? Sam kind of it feels like he he realizes he's a, he's just having a Twitter fight. Yeah, basically. He's just like yelling. I think they're having the meeting so that they can tell Ted Marcus that they have the meeting. 
they go back to Margaret and Toby again. I don't know why they're hanging out again in this episode, but I guess he just keeps waiting on Leo. Um, this is their best interaction all episode. The White House IT staff thinks Margaret is a hacker at this point because she's done such a devious thing to bring down the entire email server. They're accusing me of spamming or smurfing. They asked me if I was running a Trojan horse. The notorious hacker named Raisin Muffins. <laughs> <laughs> and Margaret wants Toby to take a muffin down to the lab and get it checked out to verify her friend's story. And Toby says, Get me a muffin. Careful not to handle it yourself. You want to use gloves? Slip it in mean, a plastic bag. I'll send it off to the lab. Yeah, that's pretty great. That's like the most uh, jokey Toby's probably ever been. And she's like so into it. And she's like, oh, you're messing with me. Yeah. <laughs> then Toby finally goes into Leo's office. There is a new poll coming out um, where their approval rating is down at 42%. Pretty low. Sounds like an outlier. That's not that low, actually. It's not great. No, it's not great. But you're always going to be around... 40 something yeah you i mean yeah 45 to 55 is probably pretty standard levels there i mean bill clinton was a lot higher than that and By i think reagan end, was too yeah that's always usually at the end of their administrations i mean even when he was going through all of the monica Lewinsky stuff he was like top in 60 seriously yep he went up a lot because they had a a villain to run against it was either newt gingrich or bill clinton who are you gonna who are you gonna pick wow uh we get a little bit of uh electoral history that the president got 48 percent of the vote in the gingrich previous election is a villain name yes yes newt, okay. newt gingrich this means there was a third party candidate right i think there's always third party candidates but like that got a significant percentage of the vote like ross perot yeah there must have been and that, i think that's what happened to bill clinton yep he got like i think clinton got even less than 48 yeah um because pro got what 14 or 15 or something was like it that, that much yeah wow. he got a lot yeah he actually, i think he might have got some electoral votes even not wow. positive on that, but... Third parties are bad. Except for the Bull Moose Party. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. But other than that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Democratic Party at one point was a third party, right? No. Well, maybe. But... Uh, well, was the Republicans the, Republic... the Whigs? No, the Republicans is Lincoln. The no nothing. Right, but it was the Whigs were the party against... No, Democrats go all the way back to Jefferson. Really? Yep. Democratic Republicans. Huh. And then they just became the Democrats. History. What happened to the wigs? The word they I'd vote for a wig. Like the kind you wear on the heads? Probably. Mm. With an H, though. Wigs. Wigs. Yeah. Well, every W had like an H after cake. it when people spoke with British accents. Back in the good old days. So, yeah, so they're having the staff meeting. This poll's coming out. Toby says that the reason that their poll's numbers are down is because they've been, they slept on a lot of fights that they could have been on the popular side of, that they basically haven't been doing anything. CJ comes in. Danny's got the memo. They're worried about him writing about it, um, particularly because it's going to show up right next to their bad poll numbers. Everybody's pretty like down in the dumps in this uh, this scene in particular, like because they all have had a bad working day. I just want to point out yeah. this is the callback to Sam being an optimist, right? Because he goes through everyone in the room, and they're all like, "Yeah, my day sucked, and like it didn't work." Right. And then they go to Sam, and he starts to be like, "Yeah, it was a shitty meet. I had a, it was fine." And oh, then Leo, totally fine. and it guilts Leo so much worse than the rest of them. Like Leo's like, "Yeah, I expected as much." And then when he sees Sam try to put like a like a happy face on his shitty day, he's I like, had the meeting you wanted me to have, he's boss. Like, oh, this is the worst. Right. Yeah. So. The president goes and talks to Leo and 
they're president's reading this memo. We've heard it all before, Leo. You drive me to the political safe ground. It's not true. I know it's not true. Good. You drive me there. What? You're the center one. You're the centrist. And the president says a really funny thing. He's like, what the hell did you say? And you know it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought was great. Um, they have a pretty big fight about who the real liberal is, like yeah. about guns, about this FEC thing. This is where I, I wanted to put that marker down for earlier, because the president says, did I not say put our guys on the FEC? No, sir, you did not. Leo? You said, no, you said, let's dangle our feet in the water of whatever the hell it is we dangle our feet in when we want to make it look like we're trying without pissing too many people off. But Leo, if you watch that scene, Leo's the one who's like, you can't do this. You can't do this. It's not the way it's done. So I think on that one, Leo's kind of bullshitting the president. Well, I think the implication later as this argument progresses is that it's because Leo knows that Bartlett doesn't want, like what his secret priorities are. Leo knows him well enough to know that while he may not express it overtly, his, prior, his priority is re-election. His priority is looking like he's not constantly conflicting with his own party and, and everyone else. And that in the end, when it comes time to put up or shut up, he won't put up. And so right. it's Leo's job to kind of curb his ideological forays before they put him in a situation where he has to sheepishly back down. Yeah, he's been conditioned by a bunch of previous episodes incidents of trying to push the president and then being reined in and so now he's just preemptively reining himself in so he doesn't have to go through the trouble so viewed through that lens the earlier scene which absolutely does look like leo's sort of in the lead and moving him to the center is actually leo looking out for what he thinks is bartlett's true priority yeah but i mean it's hard to blame somebody of like I thought you would want this, and so I did it, and so it's your fault that I want. I thought that like it's a little. Well, it's, convoluted. it's basically like they will punish you so hard that you it'll they will make re-election impossible, and that's actually true, and that's what that meeting that Josh takes is all about. It's legitimately it would put yeah, it would put his own party in a in a position to have to make a tough vote and jeopardize their own re-election and their own ability to raise money, and so their punishment to the president would be to do the same exact thing to him. And, you know, that's that's the dilemma. It's like, are you going to really seriously risk your ability to be reelected, take some really hard votes in order to do what you believe is right? And by the end of it, the president does want to. He says, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Wait, can we talk about how Charlie's standing in the background? I know. That's my favorite part of this entire scene. Time. And it's so weird. Because it's like a pretty, like it's an amazing scene, but it's like then Charlie's in the background and I kind of just feel bad for him. Yeah, Charlie must see so much stuff. But then I thought, is he only here so that Leo can say that one line where he's like, this boy standing behind me has been getting death threats and he's like standing up for himself. And he only makes $600 a week. Yeah. And he just like $31,000 a year I did the math. Yeah, me too. As like... An it's amazing example. I didn't. How to like not be, not like back down. And I'm like, that's why Charlie's here. But I don't think Charlie would normally be there. Yeah, he usually discreetly step. He lets somebody in and then he steps out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But it is funny that like while they're screaming, Charlie's just like awkward just in like, the background. I wish that they had him sort of like slowly walk backwards towards <laughs> the door and leave. <laughs> I just like the way. He's, he's just covering his ears going, la, 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 la. <laughs> Like, Julia Hill, his acting choices are so good. Like, even when he comes into the room to get Leo, 
he doesn't say like the president will see you now or like some throwaway line that you expect someone to say he's just like okay <laughs> like he just comes in and he he plays it such that leo would know why he came in the room in the first place which is just such an accurate and true way that that would go down after the thousandth time yeah so they they leave the scene um with leo like hyping up the president you want to see me orchestrate this right now you want to see me mobilize these people these people who would walk into fire if you told them to. These people who showed up to lead. These people who showed up to fight. Abad's like, you want to get real about stuff? I'll show you real. He's like, yeah, we're going to change things. We're going to do the yeah. good stuff. Okay, what is that? Well, we'll do the FEC thing. Yeah, so yeah, he goes back in and he's like, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this staff uh, tightened up. and Everything's going to change yeah. now. We're taking them off the leashes. Yeah, and then he gives Josh the ability to nominate them. He's like, we're, tell him we're going to nominate these people. And, and everybody else, that's it. let's not mess with the gay thing. So. <laughs> yeah, nobody else gets any uh, new orders or anything, though. It's just the one thing. Did Toby, was Toby upset about anything this episode? Just poll numbers? Just everything. You yeah. could argue, though, that campaign finance reform is at the heart of every issue. True. Sure. Hmm. So if they fix that, they can fix everything. And then they have the um, phrase that they repeat a few times throughout the show where everybody says, I serve at the pleasure of the president. And everybody says it really inspiringly. I serve at the pleasure of the president of the United States. Yeah. I serve at the pleasure of the president. Sam's like, I serve at the pleasure of President Bartlett. And then they got to Toby to say it, and he's like, I serve at the pleasure of the president. I serve at the pleasure of the president. <laughs> yeah. Toby's he's like so, always standing in the background. He's so grumpy about these it. meetings in the dark, being grumpy. <laughs> they cut over to like a side shot where you can see into the Oval Office, and the president's like looking into the office, watching this happen, nodding. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. And that is also the credit shot. It's the president looking through the doorway and nodding. Mm. Um, so, which I'm not really a fan of using the last shot as the credits thing because we just saw that. You saw something yeah. earlier. But, but it that's, was so impactful. Yeah, and everything else is like a downer in this episode. Mm -hmm. So having like the triumphant moment, I guess, makes sense. Yep, so that's that episode. It's kind of a slog a little bit. <laughs> it's yeah. sort of sloggy. Like it's it, it sort of really sets well. you up to get excited i i i feel like things are gonna change with these fec picks and i'm really you know pumped but it not in this episode though no not it here. feels I mean, like there's been several episodes where at the end of the episode they're like we're gonna do the thing now mm -hmm. and this is just it's another thing oh, yeah. time so we didn't we didn't say their their new strategy is oh let bartlett be bartlett yeah and leo has some pretty great handwriting <laughs> it's yeah. very blocky and easy to read on camera. Yes, and there was a sharpie available. Yeah, and a note, a legal notepad. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I just sort of, I'm like excited because it was very dramatic at the end of the episode, and and it was exciting. And they all seemed hyped. Yeah, everyone was hyped. I was hyped. It was like contagious. And then I was like, but this has happened before. And also, this whole episode is sort of like wow, politics is so shitty. Like, you can't do anything. And you try so hard, and it's all these stupid partisan fights. You have these inter-party squabbles. You get one thing done a year, maybe. You always have to be thinking about the next thing. And then what? We get some FEC picks. They're not going to approve them. That's why this episode is so great, though. 
It's great because it it's too that. real. That's the thing. It's this too is the real. central problem with our representative democracy. This is it. Like it's like on the one hand, people crave a dynamic, bold leader that just brazenly asserts themselves. On the other hand, it's so difficult to actually have sustainable power when you do that without being like a fascist that it's it's just a it's just impossible to to satisfy both of those things. But I think this episode gets like an A plus for bringing up campaign finance reform and discussing that in like sort of an interesting way. But I do wish that they, they... didn't really discuss any particular well, well the meat the bre- the breakfast or whatever or those at a lunch with the staffers on the hill is where they discuss the 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 both sides of that issue. It's free speech. No, sure. it's it's undue influence. Yeah, I guess the particulars of that aren't cuz usually the way that they legislate that stuff is like, "Oh, you can't do you can't have a lobbyist pay for meals or whatever." It's all these like really like piecemeal like this particular practice is bad. Well, the way that the the government deals with it is disclosure. So you can do stuff, you just have to disclose who did it. So you have to disclose every gift you got. Who gave it to you? How much money? Ever and all of your and presumably, can, if it's corrupting, it'll look bad. At least there's some documentation of right. it, and so if you do, you know, it's all it's up to the voters to police that, right? And even if you, as an individual, donate to a candidate, you, that's disclosed publicly and that's available to the public. But the real problem is, I guess, after this episode, the Citizens United decisions led to a way of funding candidates and issues where you don't have to disclose anything. But either way, we don't have any laws prohibiting the bribery. Bribery. We just have a law that requires it to be open. Right. But I think I wish that the the only thing I wish they did a little better was at the end of the episode when they were like, this is the issue that we're going to pursue now in a serious way. They didn't really explain like why that's so important. It is. But like they, I wish that they had said why because a lot of people, especially at the time that this came out, we're very unaware of that. I do wish they would have had a more broad strategy too. Yeah. At the end of if let Bartlett be Bartlett is going to change the way they're approaching all the issues. Everybody's plot should have got advanced. Well, the the real so like he should have said the Sam like get that get that bill ready and right. find us fifty co sponsors. Also, and... Sam was the most gung ho about it. Right. <laughs> Throw him a bone. Right. <laughs> I mean, the the real theme is not let Bartlett be Bartlett. It's let the senior staff be Bartlett. <laughs> because Bartlett was the problem the whole time. What? Stop Bartlett it up, Bartlett. Stop being so Bartlett. Does anyone have any headlines? I do have headlines. I was just going to uh, order the oh. edit. <laughs> we, we, so uh, what, what's the rankings you guys give for this one then? I would say like a meh. I think this is the best mm. wing. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going. Yeah, it's mad, but it's it's a little better than that. But it's not better than Mestwing. Yeah, like this isn't even really one that I want to fall asleep to in a good way. <laughs> no, I love this one. I did do a sleep in the middle of this one. Right. Next Mest thing. Well, there's it's just such a drag. The entire everybody's like, I don't want to watch a show where everybody's like grumpy. <laughs> the beginning of it is really good, I think, and they have like a really good all staff walk and talk and. There's some cabbage violence. Yes, the Donna Josh banter is on point. Yeah, I think I think they've hit their stride with that because every episode we say Donna and Josh are great. This (laughs) and it it even gets meta where he's like 
Donna, I don't have time to mess around right now. Like, let's cut the banter. She's I have like, to do this. special time. And there's like a slow evolution of that where she's like, no, I'm still going to banter with you. And then he's like, come on, really, please. And she's like, all right, one more banter. Okay, fine. Now I'm serious. That's just so well acted. It's so well written. It's just great. And that's like a feel good moment. There's a lot of those, like the raisin muffin thing or whatever. And all I the think other this stuff. Yeah, it's a good Margaret plot one. Yeah, satisfactory. And there's like a lot of funny things and good things sprinkled throughout. But I guess I like at the end, I just felt like I've seen the ending like 10 different times so far. Yeah. But imagine watching this episode for it's the first time. It's very formulaic. Yes. Like if you saw this for the first time. I did that today. Right? You did that. <laughs> yes. You'd be like, Wow, I can't wait to see them depict. Well, that's yeah. I'm. I want to see how Bartlett is Bartlett. Right. I'm yeah. excited for the next episode. Yes. Yeah. I want to see yeah. them depict what what would be what would the world be like if the president actually just did what they felt was right and not what was was calculated to be in their political best interest. What if? Tune we'll in never next know. Week. <laughs> oh, right next week. Right next week we'll know. Oh, um, I do want to mention the. A thing that brings this one down is the let Bartlett be Bartlett phrase has been adopted by the Trump people. And in an internal thing, they have they say to each other, let Trump be Trump. Well, first in a reference to this, it had been co-opted oh by Herman Cain. No, but Wait, it's, it originated Mark from Reagan. Wait, hold on. It was hold let on. Reagan be Reagan. They ripped this off from Reagan. And, and then, then everyone has ripped it off ever since. Right. So I'm, I'm wondering why the Trump people just didn't claim that they ripped it off from Reagan. I guess they're not students well, they're, of history, not, really. They don't typically own up to like, plagiarism. Actually, I'm pretty sure that this was originated with Herman Cain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let nine be nine. Yeah, Let no nine, has, nine, nine. How has no one picked up the mantle of nine, nine, nine? Such <laughs> a good economic plan. Does anybody even know it's an economic plan? <laughs> It was an economic. Does anyone know what the significance of the nine was? There's three I don't. It's, nines. It's uh, tax flat tax rates. Oh, something. was it nine percent income tax? Nine percent corporate tax sales or something? Yeah, nine percent. That's a huge sales Holy tax. But I, but, wow, Mister Kane. But you come on. You got rid of the, the drop income. the income yeah, tax the, down to nine percent. Yeah, true. I think it, or it's like a VAT tax or something. It's 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 very European. I don't think he had a VAT tax. I feel like VAT tax is one of those things like PIN number or ATM machine. Oh, yeah. Yes. Value-added tax tax. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. It is a VAT. It's a 9% business transaction tax, 9% personal income tax, and a 9% federal sales tax. That's, wow, that's crazy you talk. did know what the 999 plan was, folks. 999. 999. It's but he that easy. Payroll taxes, capital gains taxes, and the estate tax. All that would be gone. Yeah amazing um so headlines um i this is a difficult week for that <laughs> okay i got a few of them i have like one main one that's not very good okay so what's, what's the top of yours our standards really low so mine's about the fec meeting and okay, how good. it wasn't initially like very legit and no one was taking it seriously um so the candidates were john bacon and patricia calhoun so i had Fake and Bacon and Patricia Calhoun. <laughs> so that's my only headline. <laughs> okay. I had a bunch of uh, Mandy Memo ones. Um, I had Mem Oh No <laughs> and Oppo Uh Oh. Because <laughs> it was opposition research. Yeah. And uh, Memoray 
and sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let me say. Settlers, Memorandum. Bartlett staffer rips administration. Nice. <laughs> That's all my Mandy ones. <laughs> I man don't, but that, I didn't know where that was <laughs> no, going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did, I did have a question about the memo, right? So Mandy wrote an opposition research memo. They call it that. Yeah. Right? And she is just in the doghouse for that. Mm-hmm. Even though it was just her job and that was like, you know, she was doing opposition research. Sam, in just the last episode, also wrote opposition research memo. He Lulz. got he was he was in the doghouse for a while too. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I guess. But then he got out pretty spectacularly. Yeah. I'm sorry I did the dog barks. Not the same. Is though. this a double standard? No. The lady no, because no. uh Sam wasn't slagging the administration off. Yeah, it was a just an opposition memo on like one particular. It was a position issue. paper. Yeah. Not a like But he the, says these it's are, opposition research. But yeah, yeah no, but no, no, not, that's not, different. That's not oppo per- dump. These are the personal failings of me and my friends. Is the way that they're looking at it. I mean, I think maybe the the difference is that she worked for Bartlett in the campaign, so she was like an insider, yeah. and then went to go work yeah, for Russell. Betraying yeah. her trust. So it's, it's like, like and it got out, and it's juicy. It's like she didn't use her burn bag. Yeah, she didn't have one apparently. I have a Margaret email headline too. Ooh, oh. e fail. Yeah, White I House had, comms wrecked by Aaron. Ooh, I, I had one. one. Muffins actually uh, have more calories. I have raisin the steaks. Oh, jeez. Nice. <laughs> Come on, man. I was just breaking the <laughs> muffin news. Man. A- any other any other headlines out there? I had one for the FEC plot line. I called it FECD's nuts. Because <laughs> they Because it... <clears throat> We could do like a speech impediment. Uh, a staffer a writes, speech impediment. writes bad speech. You just like throw out the term speech impediment. Oh, no, no. I thought you were going to talk about being against open financing of campaigns. No, That's no. It's a no. speech impediment. <laughs> That's good. That also good. No, because when he wrote the thing and then they had to go inside because it rained. How about Smurfin? White House staffer caught blue-handed. Ooh, I have another muffin one. Oh, wait, good. Wait, wait, what's blue-handed mean? Smurfin. Like Smurfs. She's accused of smurfing, which is like some sort of, oh, you know, right. hackery Margaret thing. thing. Yeah, okay. Mine, yeah. Do you know the muffin woman? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Say that one again. Do you know the muffin Okay, it's better. Woman. It's better. 